Hey there, welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. We're late. We were traveling very slowly into the 21st century. We couldn't get the router and the... We're eight minutes late. The internet, I think there's something wrong with my router. It keeps going off. So we were on the phone with Spectrum. And very disappointing. Shutting it off, rebooting, shutting it off. Anyway, we're here. If it was a dressage test, we would be eliminated. Oh, yes. Luckily, it's not. Hopefully, you guys will forgive us for being a few minutes late. We don't. I'm not tech savvy. So there we have it. We have a story. What happened to your finger, honey? Oh, that's not a story. Show us your finger. (laughs) What happened to your finger? I've hurt my finger. How's it been riding with a hurt finger? I'm not nearly as effective. His middle finger, nonetheless. Uh, It ended up in the blower and the fan blades took off the tip, so... Yes. But it was above the bone, just the meat. Got a few stitches and I took Monday off from riding. And that was on Sunday. And then I started riding again on Tuesday. Um, it's, yeah. I have to put the rain in a different place. And, uh, yeah. So, Lucy, we have an air blower that we use to like clean, clean the, the cross ties. I was cleaning the cross ties and the, the patio out in front of the tack room. And, I was putting the blower over my head and switching hands. And anyway, the safety shield wasn't on it. And my finger went into the fan. Yeah, it was bad because he was supposed to come home and help me do a Facebook Live for the Rider Position Challenge. And And I made a phone call that said I was on the way to ER. Yeah, it's never a good day when like your significant other calls and is like, I'm going to the ER. That's usually like not a good thing. That's not that big a deal. But... How is it riding um, handicapped? Um, I mean, I'm certainly aware that I'm compensating for some things. I can't really close my left hand, so it's more elbow and outward because you can't make a fist. But whatever, it's better not riding. Since you have a broken finger, are you going to show us the scrambled eggs motion? I have some reins. Sure, I can do it. (laughs) So that's whatever. How do you supple your horse? Oh, it's very, it shows up very well with your. <laughs> well, I can't close it. So I've got the rain. Instead of having it out here on the digit where I normally do, it's really buried down in next to my thumb oh. so that it stays away from my middle finger. And now it's got way more wrist and a lot less finger to make it happen. Oh. Yeah, and, that's pretty good. That yeah. works. So normally I'd be doing it with my hand, with my fingers, and now I'm just doing it more with my hand. I think that's typical, like rider. You know, we just improvise, even when we're hurt. There's like no reason not to ride. So. Yeah, that was. I mean, my horses are going well. That that five year old's going super. Frankie's going well, and it's just like I just want to go ride. So whatever. Yeah, suck it up. Riders yeah. are tough. Um, okay. This week we always do on Mondays. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but every Monday we do an engagement post. 
This week's engagement post was, what is your ultimate riding goal? So for those of you guys that are here, put in the chat, what is your ultimate riding goal? What's your goal? To suck less than I did yesterday. Oh, come on. Something better. <laughs> I want a better goal than that. Really? What is your ultimate riding goal? Just to get a little better every day? Um, I like forming the bond with my horses. I agree. That's really, and when, and when that happened, you know, whenever you get a new horse or whatever, and I make the bond, I love that part. Oh, someone from Argentina is here. Daniel Maximiliano Miguez. Do you know him? Uh, Argentina is a big place and I haven't been there in a while. Well, I, see I thought it was like your family or something. I don't know. No, I don't okay. Allison's family. ultimate riding goal is to get her civil, silver. Um, someone says stay alive. That's our ultimate riding goal. Um, ride all my boys, get to the Grand Prix, uh, second level, soft transitions to be able to ride a Piaf with Tadoka. Love it. Cool. Second level test one. I think, I don't know. I mean, I think my ultimate riding goal is just to have that like partnership and that when you have those moments of connection and harmony with your horse, where you just feel like you could do anything and your horse is with you and they're supple and right, they're soft and they're engaged. There, like that's calm and present with my horse. Yeah. That's just want to be with my pony. Oh, Barbara says she wants to look like me in the saddle. That's very nice. That's very nice to hear. And um, whoever said that about the numb foot, right. You know, we've all got stuff. We've all, you, you just, Get on with you just, it. You just Keep go, riding. Just go ride. You know, yeah. we all have things. Yeah. I mean, I think that defines like true horsemen is that you just like you do it, whether your head hurts or you're tired or you don't feel good or you're upset or you're happy or you're injured. You just go to the barn go and on. do what you can do. So I think that that's um, that unites all of us. So I wanted to give a shout out to everyone who's in the 30 day rider physician challenge. It is so amazing and so fun to see all of you making progress, working on your position, participating in the Facebook group. We did a challenge last week, which was uh, everyone had to pick a word and then a song to remind themselves about their position. And that was really fun. It's been really fun to see so many people in the challenge. You have to make an alignment shirt where you put basically a cross on the back of your shirt and it really shows your alignment. And that's been really fun to see people doing. One thing that I wanted to talk about is videoing yourself when you ride. So this week at my barn, um, one of my students, one of my other clients was there watching one of my students' lessons. And she like took a little video of the student riding and sent it to her. And this particular student was like so discouraged by her video. And I thought, wow, like that was a really good little clip and a good little video. And I think it's, it's sometimes when you see a video of yourself riding, it's, kind of sobering, but it's also really important and really good. And you have to like use it to get better, but also to motivate yourself. What's your advice on that? Yeah, that was really difficult when I first started to ride to watch the videos of myself because I just, 
I couldn't look at it objectively and not have an emotional reaction to it and just say, okay, these things are okay. These things are not okay. I'm going to work on the not okay ones. I just looked at it and felt terrible because I wrote so horribly. And uh, in hindsight, I realized that I just wasn't equipped to be able to look at it objectively. So it was difficult in the beginning, but now I'm okay. Yeah. And now I can use it as a, yeah, I don't, I don't have the emotional reaction to it like I did. I can just look at it as a training tool and look at it as a lesson and teach and look at it and go, okay, if I was teaching this lesson, I would say this, that, or the other thing and sort of take my, my personal stuff out of it. And that, that was a hard thing. Yeah, that's a good pointer. And I do think it's always important to look at the good, like you said, to see like, okay, like what's good in this video? What am I doing well? And then what are the things that I can improve? Because if you get so down on yourself, that that doesn't help you. Like it doesn't right. help you. It doesn't, being mean to myself about the videos really didn't help my writing. So there, and it, it's never all bad. It's never all good. It's, it's a mixed bag. You know, some of the things are all right. Some of the things are good. Some of the things are need to be improved and to be a bit objective about it. It was, it was, it was, it was a skill to develop actually. Yeah. But that's always <clears throat> like the learning phase is painful. There's no way around that. And you go from what are the levels of learning? It's like unconscious incompetence. That's right. where you don't realize how bad you are because you've never seen a video of yourself. And then, then you go consciously incompetent. incompetent and that's like the dark black hole. Right. But you also, like you said, you have to take the emotion out of it and know that you have to go down to go up in a way. And then you get to consciously competent where you have to think about doing it. And then you become unconsciously competent where, you know, you can actually think about something else and your body's doing the right thing because it's feeling it. And that's operating, you know, at a subconscious level, you do the right thing at this, and then you can start to really fine tune your writing. Yeah. But I think it's so important to stay positive when you're on this journey, because it is really hard. We're all trying our best. We're all trying to improve. Uh, but it is something that, you know, takes time and it, it is really hard. And that's why it's so important. Even little things like telling yourself, instead of saying, don't look down, you want to tell yourself, look up and always turn it into something positive that you can work on and think about. And I think that that's, that's really important. Uh, and to answer Facebook user, can I go back to unconsciously incompetent? <laughs> yes, it would be fabulous, but no, because once you have the awareness, now you have the awareness. So yeah, yeah no, there's no, there's no going back. Yeah, what's the, what's <laughs> the thing? Ignorance is bliss, right? You don't know what you don't know, but once you know it, well, now you know it, you got to change. Yeah. But that's what I'm seeing a lot in the 30 day rider position challenges, especially with crookedness. When people put that X on the back of their shirt and they see how crooked they are now, they they've seen it and they want it to be fixed like tomorrow. Right. And it's something that uh, and takes, it doesn't happen that way. Right. Change happens a, a teaspoon at a time, a millimeter. It's like laying varnish, just a little bit and a little bit. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, whoever. Linda there with the, I'm no longer down on myself. 
Yeah, because what somebody can do, somebody else can do, right? Right. And we're all at a different level, and we're all just trying to be better than we've been. And yeah. uh, and being mean to you is not useful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it doesn't help. And there's a balance of wanting to improve, but still having fun and enjoying it. And I think that's really important. Something that I always go back to is like, when I get discouraged after a horse show or, um, you know, when I just have had a hard ride, I go back to my why is, and for those of you guys that are watching, what is your why? Why do you ride? Why do you have horses? At the end of the day, it's not about, you know, your score or looking good. It's about just loving to ride and having that partnership. And so, yeah, we want to get better but you have to smile and breathe and have fun. Otherwise it just doesn't go anywhere. Yep. You know, my, 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 you know, my life just is fuller with horses in it. Yeah. You know, I just feel like something's missing when I'm not riding. Yeah. It gives you a ride. Yeah. It gives you a reason to get up in the morning. It gives you a reason to like, go to work even when your finger's broken right. and you shouldn't be going shouldn't to be. work. Somebody else wrote the cast against the doctor's orders and yeah, yeah. the doctor was like five days. I was like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Exactly. We all love horses. Okay. Let's, let's answer some questions from okay. people. Okay. Karen, groundwork question. My horse will sometimes paw in the grooming area. How do I make a correction to stop him pawing? Uh, are you waiting for me to answer yeah, that one? I would, I'd love an answer for that. Okay. So I think a I couple do some of yelling, things, actually, when that happens. Yeah. You can I scold them. Um, I don't like to feed my horses cookies in the cross ties because I think that a lot of times that encourages them to paw. Uh, what I'll do a lot of times is I will ask, like go up to the horse and ask them to take a step back and put their head down. Sometimes I'll even take them out of the cross ties and just work on it whenever they start, like take them out of the cross ties, whenever they start pawing, shake the, like shake the leader up at them, make them back up, make them put their head down, pet them, tell them they're good. When they start pawing, say no, back up, put your head down. Um, that's probably the best way to do it. And, or yeah, I mean, and then once they kind of understand that they shouldn't do it, sometimes yelling at them yeah. can work. Um, where are we? Are oh, doing? Lori has a question. When he spooks, what should I do other than sit correctly to stay on? Do I chastise him, tell him good boy when he stops? Oh, that's a good question. What do you do when your horse spooks? Um, I always let them make the magic distance so whatever spooked them right i let them get away from that a little bit never i never i never punish the spook because no. i don't i do not want to be part of the problem no. my horse is afraid and i hit him for being afraid now he's afraid of me so that's never a good idea um you, you just can't get after spooking horses you have to lead them you've got to take them to safety so i don't throw away the reins right i do a check and a half halt and I try and get away from the scary thing quickly in a controlled way, but I get away from the scary thing and then slowly work back to it. Or if it was a truck or something and it drives away, then you take a few minutes and you just keep moving, moving back to that spot. And I don't know that I necessarily tell him he's a good boy when he stops far enough away. Um, I just take him a little bit away from the scary thing and then start back to work. Yeah. 
So, I mean, that's a good point. Don't punish for spooking, but do get your horse back on the aids as quickly as possible yeah. because your horse needs to stay off your inside leg, bend to the inside. They have to be respectful of your aids. Otherwise it's unsafe. So another good thing is if you can catch the spook before it happens, that's the best. Like if you know that your horse likes to spook at the letter C in the judge's box, try to like turn early, leg yield, keep your horse and shoulder in, keep your horse off the inside leg. And you know, over 10, happens. 12 minutes, you'll work them closer. You know, yeah. as you keep working, I, there was, I saw this great lesson. It was a storm in a covered arena. And there was lightning and it was dark. The sun had set, right? The lights were on. And uh, this horse was so nervous, so nervous. And they just kept making uh, exercises on a smaller circle. And by the end of the lesson, he was using the entire arena. The yeah. rain hadn't stopped. The roof was still going. The light and the horse was now focused on work. Yeah. And it was just really logical methodical slow and patient and boom yeah. the horse was working getting your horse on the aids yeah, and it was because really great. like if your horse is scared of something the worst thing you can do in a lot of situations like is just go to that object and like make them go there like force them there that usually doesn't work you kind of have to zigzag around and get them bending and get them off your inside leg and like gradually work your way there. You don't want to force it. Okay, here's another good question. We need to try to do some videos on like spooking. It's like a hard thing right, to video because you have to like- You don't know the, what the horse is going to spook. Okay, well, how about we if, can just if, have I, random if I stimulate a spook? A spook. Okay, you just <laughs> jump out of the bushes while I come by? Okay. And then we'll see how We can you do that on Mushu because I'm pretty sure he'll go. And then we'll see how you handle the spook. All right, Amelia's going to pretend she's a jack-in-the-box next week, and we're going to video me taking off across the arena. We did do some good drone footage filming today. That was fun. He's the official drone flyer. So if you like my drone videos, we also just published uh, Second Level Test 1, I think, this week on YouTube. Check out my YouTube channel, and there's good drone footage of that. Okay, here's a good question from Sophia. What would you recommend doing for a hot horse who, when asked to slow down, will do so for a few seconds and speed up again? I've tried transitions, but he just jumps forward when asked to trot again. Uh, I would do it on a circle. I'd do it on a curve line. Yeah. I would re and really trying to work on getting the access there through the rib cage. Um, yeah. And making him more supple and using the curve line to do that on a straight line he's got you know if he's straight stiff he can get away from you easier yeah so curve lines yeah so with a hot horse every time you turn it slows your horse down and it acts like a half halt and turning on a small circle is a much more effective way of controlling tempo than just pulling back on two reins and then at the risk of sounding repetitive i'm sure you've said it you know, hot horses, you want to keep your leg on. And so it's squeezy. And then it's still, I mean, it's not, you're not still gripping, squeezy. you're not gripping, but it has to come off a little bit, but not off, off. Yeah. Because if you then bring it back on, the hot horses have to get used to your leg there. And that also gives them a sense of security. And then they don't spring away from your leg. 
Yeah. And the other thing with hot horses is that I tend to do less transitions on a hot horse. Like if I have a horse that's right, really hot, I just try to keep a steady tempo. Like if I get on a horse and they're really, really hot, I just trot, trot, trot. And I kind of count in my head and just trot around and bore them into bore submission. Bore them into submission. Absolutely. If, Serpentines yeah. work a lot. You just keep going and keep going. And you're like, oh my God, this horse. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you just keep going until the horse goes, yeah. oh, okay. So if you have a lazy horse, on the other hand, that's when you want to be going like, trot, halt, trot, halt, like lots of waking them up. But if you do like, if you get on a horse that's really hot and you just go like, trot, walk, trot, walk, trot, walk, it's going to like fry their You're mind. more excited. So training is, that's where training is tricky and it requires experience because there is a formula, like there is a pattern that we follow. That's the training scale, right? Like rhythm, supplements, connection. Is experience. Yeah. And and every horse is a little different. And you have to ride a, a hot horse very differently than a, a cold or a lazy horse. And at the end, you want the same result. Like our we all want to be riding Grand Prix and have connection and harmony with our horses, but there's many roads to Rome and every horse you have to like find what works for them. And that's the fun of training and that's the challenge of it. So, um, okay. Let's see. There was a question. I'm working on my position. Today was my second time cantering and my position went out the window. I hope this is normal. I'm going to keep on trying. Yes, absolutely. It's Congratulations, because totally that transition is, it's a big deal because the horse changes so much right there. And that's why you lose your position and time and miles. Time okay, and miles. another question. How can you give your horse a supportive leg, but not squeeze too much and not, and not pull <laughs> um, to get back to a lower gait? So how do you not pull for a downward transition? Those are like the money questions. That's why I was <laughs> laughing so much. Can you move that to where we can take okay. it? Okay. How do you give your horse a supportive leg, but not squeezing? I would say what's important is that you want your leg to wrap around your horse. It's more like your outer thigh muscles, your glute need. Which... And you cuddled your horse with your leg. Like if you carried your puppy or if you have children when they were little, yeah, you carry them. You don't squeeze the life force out of them and you don't. Good luck to you. Oh, that's a good way. Like holding someone's hand. Yeah. <laughs> so if if that helps, but that's it. You're, you're, you're cuddling them with your leg and then you, you contract those muscles and then you squeeze and make that aid and then you're cuddling it again so that your leg doesn't come flying off and then poking when it comes back on. Uh, what was the rest of that? Um, how do you do a downward transition without right, pulling? And so to not do too much, well, when you do too much, you know, you've done too much. So then you do a little less or you do a lot less. And then you found out that you did too little and then you did too much. And then the road narrows as you keep trying it, uh, um, and not pull to get back to a lower gate. So downward transition, how do you get from a canter to a trot, trot to walk without pulling? Um, I do a lot of breathing and a lot of half halts and I close my knee. Let's say I'm in the canter, right? And you've got the scooping, sweeping feel of that canter. I close my knee and I don't let my hip canter. 
If that doesn't work, I soften, fall, and then repeat and do it on a circle and I'll spiral that circle in too. Yeah. Keep making that circle smaller and keep repeating the close my knee, don't let my hip move, soften, close my, and keep making the circle smaller till the horse trots. And then I reward them a lot. And then I repeat it. Can you demonstrate your breathing in a downward transition? I could. Do I have to? <laughs> yes. You have to because I hear you do it when you're riding. And right. Everyone else wants to hear it. So, and by the way, when you ride in a test, I'm going to give away trade secrets. <laughs> now the judges are all going to be watching me. You get busted a minus two when you use your voice, but you can breathe. So in my, the reason I breathe light heavy, because when I do transitions in the show arena, I go, and my horse goes, oh, he's doing that thing where he wants me to go down in the gate. And it's just an easier way to get the transition done in the show ring. So that's just But it. you do it even louder sometimes. Sometimes. Do it louder. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not on my horse. I'm not, I'm not feeling it right you now. You go. <sighs> <sighs> and my horse goes, oh, he's doing that thing. I should make a downward transition. Okay. I want you all to practice that. Deep inhale. Exhale. <sighs> Because what you'll feel, and it does, it changes my weight. Too. Yeah, it puts you down. That brings my weight up, and when I exhale, oh, it makes my weight lower, and the horse goes up. Yes. So I think that's really the key. If you guys haven't noticed, I think the theme for tonight is if you want to slow your horse down, turn them, like turn them onto a smaller circle. Later on, if you're in a test, right, you can't like do a tiny circle. But shoulder four or shoulder in, that's kind of the more advanced way to get that half halt to come through because just pulling back on two reins, it never works. It like it seriously doesn't ever work. And for those of you with the off the track thoroughbreds, uh, that's how they make the horses go faster at the track. They pull on the reins and then the horse pulls into the rein and they go. So pulling, pulling never works. Okay, um, let's see. What's the best way to build confidence in a rider after an accident? Baby steps. Oh, yeah, yes, baby steps. Um, I think baby steps, work with a trainer, have someone help you, um, and just do a so, little okay, so bit more baby every day. Steps, right? So we say baby steps. What, can, what is that actually? What behavior are we actually going to be involved in to make baby steps? So uh, go ride in a bullpen. Make stay on or a just do groundwork. Or even just do, do groundwork. Um, or just walk. Or like yeah, just start. You know, getting on at the end of the ride after your trainer has ridden your horse. Um, so these or, types of things anyway. Yeah. Or the other thing is to ride, like sometimes it's really hard to get back on the horse that you've had the accident on. So ride some other horses, like go to take some lessons on school horses so that you can get your seat back and your confidence back before you have to get on your horse. Uh, but it's always best to like err on the side of being, you know, safe. safe because it is really hard once you have an accident, it's hard to, um recover from that unfortunately so it the other thing that's really helpful is visualization and rationalizing it you know if it was just like a freak thing and you've ridden the horse a lot 
you need to get right with that in your mind. Like, okay, that happened, but it wasn't normal. Um, and then try to find a, like a cause, like what caused the accident to happen? There's always a reason for it. And how are you going to avoid that again? Because it, it's not good that that happened. You can't just like go and do the same thing. Like maybe you need to lunge your horse every single day. Maybe you need to do groundwork every single day. It's a pain in the ass, but it's better that than having an accident. So you have to analyze what caused it and if possible, try to avoid that. Okay, one more question. And then are you coming to the gym? No. No. You can't come to the gym because of your finger? Um, I'm afraid of getting really, and then blowing the skin off because it's okay. not quite attached He's yet. not coming to the gym with me. I'll really be going need... to the gym alone. I don't know that. Okay. Um, okay. One more question from Facebook. I'm working my horse. Um, he's starting to curl. So my trainer suggested that I work, just work on walk trot transitions, but only on a really long rein and keep him going forward. He's been not keeping that canter for me. I think it might be finding my new leg position. What do you suggest? So it's always um, best to listen to your trainer. <laughs> I think uh, it's hard, you know, without we, there's a lot of things that we can kind of generalize, but it's always hard to like see exactly what's going on. And usually your trainer knows you and knows your horse the best. Curling is hard to fix. It's something that is yeah, it's that's, tricky. It's, it's difficult. It, it's difficult to fix it because once a horse has been taught to hide away from the contact, you want to go take the contact. And the horse is like, but I know this trick. I can put my head back here and not hold the reins, uh, not hold the bit. So it is, it's, it's tricky. Um, what I tend to do is try and lift the neck up and then put my hands forward and then, you know, ride around there for a while. And then he's going to come. And then I try and lift the neck and then put my hands forward and ride yeah. them towards the bit. Uh, it's, it's a difficult thing. Once, but anything lateral, any kind of like leg yield mm -hmm. or shoulder four where you're going inside leg to outside rein will help and transitions. Yeah. It's so I think about it like this, that I'm going to use my hands to reposition the horse's head and neck. But then you have to ride your horse from back. Right. Like then that. you've got to ride it up. Then you got to ride those hind legs. Because that's um, the the problem with curling is that the hind leg isn't doing what it should do. There's no way to get your horse connected from back to front if they're curled behind the bit. Yeah. So you were yelling at me earlier this week on Luigi that about that. Might have happened. It's tricky horses that because they can like curl and still be strong and stiff and not be using their hind end and not be on the bit and, and they have their head on their chest and then you have nothing. It's a challenge. Yeah. Not so easy that. All right, everyone. Um, other people have fixed it. You can fix it. It's not, it's not a death sentence or anything, but you definitely have to be aware that it does happen with your horse and take those steps. Like I said, it's repositioning the head riding diagonal lines, curve lines, lateral lines, and uh, making sure the horse is coming forward from behind. All right. Um, if you're in the 30-day rider position challenge, I'll be live on Sunday at 1.30. Are you going to be joining me? 
this yes, week? Yes. Well, unless yes. of course I put my hand. You're going to be doing a scrambled eggs demonstration for the rider position challenge people. Okay. Um, so keep up the good work. If you're in the challenge, we have about two weeks left and I'm so proud of you guys for being in the challenge for working on your position. So we will see you on Sunday if you're in the challenge and if not next Thursday and we'll be back. Yeah. Thank you guys. You guys are all amazing. We love your questions. It's really fun to feel it's just great to be like we're helping. Yeah. Just you. talking horses. Yeah. Just talking horses. It's very fun. So hopefully you all have a good evening and we'll see you soon. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions. And I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.